Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to this week's La Liga Lowdown Match Day Recap where we'll be looking back on the 25th round of the 2019-20 La Liga season. I'm your host, Newmit here, and as always, this show is also broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157. We have various contributors from around Spain coming up in this episode. We have Dan Parry with a report from the Bass Derby between Alaves and Athletic Club. We have Roman de Arquer on one of the weekend's relegation six-pointers. We have Sam Leverage, who was at the Camp Nou for Barcelona's huge win over Ibar. And coming up later in the show, we'll be going to Valencia because... I am Paco Politan coming up in this episode. I'll be discussing Levante's 1-0 win over Real Madrid here at the Estadio Ciutat de Valencia. But first, we're going to start with Leganés and we're going to speak to Javier Martín, the Leganés correspondent at Diario As. It has been a very busy week for the likes of Javier as Leganés have hardly been out of the headlines. We'll get to the Martin Brathwaite saga in a moment, but Javier, I first want to talk to you about Celta Vigo 1, Leganés 0. Lega went away to the Galician side and were handed an excellent opportunity when Philip Bradovic was sent off just 21 minutes into the match. Yet Leganes couldn't score and then in the second half, Iago Aspas turned in Celta Vigo's only decent chance of the match to make it a 1-0 win for them. How disappointing was this defeat from a Leganes perspective, especially considering they had a man advantage for 70 minutes? Well, I really think it was uh, really disappointing, uh, especially because Leganes in the first half of the match was controlling absolutely uh, the rhythm and even the occasions. They had like three occasions uh, in which they could uh, score a, a goal. But um, I mean, it, it was a little bit strange because in the second half, when Leganes tried to be more offensive, uh, the final failed. And, uh, and it was in the moment where the, the team showed it was weaker you know than what we we thought you know so um, I really think that is yeah it's a little bit disappointed this result especially because when you are with uh, one more man in a match like this what you have to be in I mean of course that you want to to win these kind of matches but you first of all have to secure the point that you already have and and if you don't do it uh, it's a massive uh, deception you know uh, and, and I really think that that was um, the point for for Leganes you know in this match 
despite their opponents going a man down, Leganes stuck with their free centre-back system for most of this game. Does coach Javier Aguirre need to change the tactics and show some more ambition in the weeks ahead? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if uh, regarding the ambition of Javier Aguirre, um, I mean, in, in this kind of situation, I have like a little debate in my head um, because from one side, I really, I would really like, of course, Leganes to be more offensive. But the question is, if Leganes could really be more offensive, you know, trying to um, to look on the squad that uh, Aguirre has um, because it's, it's, sometimes it's not so easy, you know, and as I was telling you in my first answer um, uh, I, I think that sometimes Leganet, Leganes has to, to think on keeping some points you know, uh, more than, than trying to win some matches because sometimes Leganes cannot do it and, and in Balaidos we saw it, you know, how the the, the big problem that Leganes has in uh, in uh, offensive uh, way of talking, you know. So if Leganes sh would have um, drawn a, a few matches, uh, three, four matches more, right now they would be just like one point only uh, from the um, uh, to, to avoid the relegation position, you know. So I really think that. Um, that that this is right now more important uh, than the idea of being or not offensive. That's interesting. We'll see if Aguirre does shake up the tactics or not in the weeks to come. Now, finally, Javier, let's talk about the Martin Brathwaite departure. Brathwaite was probably Leganese's best player, and he moved to Barcelona as an emergency signing for the injured Usman Dembele. But Leganese were unable to sign a replacement of their own just because of the way the rules are. What is the mood right now? around Leganes after losing their main forward. Talking about Martin Bradwitt, uh the mood is, the mood is, is actually really, really uh, difficult, you know, I mean, uh, it's a really sad situation and of course it has punched, uh, you know, the, the squad, the fans, the institution, the club. It's always difficult to, to see how your best man is living in the middle of the season and for such an unfair law without any option of uh, of uh, find a substitute for him, you know, and um, and of course it's gonna be a really hard and tough situation for Leganes in the rest of the season. It it was already uh, a difficult uh, panorama for for Leganes uh, with Bradwood. Just try to imagine without him, you know, uh, when when he was definitely the best attack weapon of, of Leganes. Thanks, Javier, for that update on the mood around Leganes. After that loss to Celta Vigo, they remain in the relegation zone. Bratwaite, though, well, he's now top of the table. The Danish striker joined Barcelona and they have moved to the top of the league after Real Madrid lost at Levante and after the Catalan side thrashed Ibar 5-0. La Liga lowdown Sam Leverage was there at the Camp Nou and talks us now, Sam, Messi was back amongst the goals with four of the five goals that Barcelona scored. How great was he? Where does this performance rank? compared to his other performances this season. Yes, after four games without a goal, it was almost like Lionel Messi was trying to make up for lost time against Ibar. He really didn't do too much else. It was one of those games where Messi doesn't really need to get out of first gear, and yet he's still magnificent. After the second goal, the fans were chanting his name. Only five shots, one of them a free kick, which went just over the bar, the other four all in the back of the net. This was definitely Messi at his best. Just four moments of brilliance, really. And the rest of the game, he strolled around and kept himself fresh for the Champions League tie with Napoli. So a brilliant display from him and definitely one that inspired Barcelona towards this win. 
We've been speaking about Martin Brathwaite and he came on and was involved in the last two Barcelona goals. What did you make of the 22 minutes that he got? Yeah, he came on for his debut for Barcelona and Brathwaite got a really warm reception from the Camp Nou. I mean, there were some concerns after the earlier protest, but they didn't transmit that to the player and... It was a really impressive debut from him. I mean, he's only been with training with those players a few a few days and he made an instant kind of connection. There were some interesting runs off the ball, some interesting link-up play. He was involved in both the fourth and the fifth goal. He was unlucky not to get one himself as well. So a really impressive debut. You can't ask for much more from him from the first 22 minutes. And after the game, Kike Setienne said they didn't expect quite so much of him on his debut and then the local press I mean both Sport and Mundo Deportivo saying that it was a really promising debut from him and in Mundo Deportivo they pointed out that he's gone from running around to avoid relegation to running around to win La Liga and he's playing like a player of that quality You briefly mentioned there in your last answer the protest so what happened before kickoff? There's been yet more boardroom drama and scandal this week and the fans were showing their anger against President Jose Maria Bartomeu, mostly before kickoff. What was that like? Yes, the main protest came before the game kicked off as fans got their white hankies out and they were whistling wildly. It was very clear that they were not happy with Bartomeu and there were plenty of chants throughout the game of Bartomeu de Monsieur or Bartomeu resign and it was something that would keep going on. Even through the game, after the final whistle, the big win didn't make it go away and fans were not hiding their discomfort with the current management of the club. The White Hankies made a return again at the final whistle and the players were very happy with their victory but the celebrations after the game weren't too wild. Maybe thinking about the game against Napoli, maybe thinking about these protests. It was very clear that Barcelona is a club, maybe not in crisis to go quite so far, but a club where there is plenty going on behind the scenes. And it was evident in the stands and on the pitch. Now, Ibar were so easily cut open against Barcelona, as they almost always are. In the 12 matches they've had against Barcelona since they came up, they've lost 11 and drawn 1. And the one draw they had was at the end of last season, when Barcelona were resting players. Why do they struggle so much against Barcelona, when they haven't struggled so much against some of the other top sides in La Liga? I think that the way that Ibar play, the way they look to press and... They get very tired very quickly against the likes of Barcelona, kind of their style of play, their passing possession kind of game. It didn't let Ibar really get into the game. They couldn't get their foothold. They couldn't really dominate play as much as they would like to. And their pressing was quickly worn out, quickly tiring. And Barcelona just kind of just worked on that to exploit every inch of space that they could. And it was it was more of a training drill almost in the second half, even though Ibar did consolidate a little bit more defensively. Thanks, Sam. Now let's finish up looking at Martin Brathwaite's busy week by hearing from the man himself. Here's what he said to Barcelona's official media channels after the match. What did you think when you were uh, trying to uh, go to the field and you were and the train said, OK, you can go in? I felt good. Uh, it's a dream coming through and I'm really happy about how the fans received me uh, and I just want to pay them back with good performances. And also in your first game, first assist to Leo Messi. Yeah. But uh, as a man, you just have to give him the ball and he will score. So it's really easy. <laughs> Have you seen very, very near your first goal with FC Barcelona? It was a pity the last goal that was scored by Arthur. But Dimitrovic made a good save, but it was very near your goal. Yeah, it was almost it was a save and uh, I'm sure it will come in the future. So I don't really worry. I'm just happy to be here right now. 
So let's move on to Real Madrid's match and their shock 1-0 defeat at Levante. Just their second defeat of the La Liga season. Paco Pollock was there at the game for us and this was his reaction right at full time. And there you go. The fans clapping, cheering for Levante's win tonight. 1-0, Morales, an amazing strike. And they are the only team in La Liga able to beat both Barca back in November 3-1. And tonight, 1-0 to Real Madrid, who lose the lead in La Liga. Paco, now that you've made it home and have shaken off some of that adrenaline from a special night at the Stadio Ciutat de Valencia, can you tell us a bit more about what the atmosphere was like? It sounded crazy there. As I said in the live video, you can still watch at La Liga Lowdown's Twitter feed. The atmosphere was buzzing with excitement from the get-go. It's become some sort of tradition in the last couple of seasons. Every single time Barca or Real Madrid visit Ciutat de Valencia, unexpected things happen. And the craziness you mentioned earlier kicked into high gear once Levante scored that amazing goal in the second half. And where you were sitting, you were right in front of the goal where Morales hit his strike, right? How did that look from where you were sitting? Um, I have to say, I almost missed the goal. I wasn't really expecting Morales to try such a difficult finish once he got control of that long ball. But again, that's the brilliance of Levante's El Comandante. He snapped the shot with his left foot and totally surprised Courtois, Real Madrid as a whole and everyone in the stadium. You can imagine the madness once that rocket hit the back of the net with thousands of Levante flags being waved, tossed and thrown around in a frenzy of happiness. Morales needed, by the way, this kind of vindication because he's not having the best season and possibly he was the one who celebrated this goal the most. Real Madrid dominated the first hour of this game but then something changed and Levante started to look more dangerous. What happened? How did Levante manage to play so much better in the final half hour? First, I think Levante's physical state is much better than Real Madrid's right now for a simple fact. They have played around 10 games less this season. But also, I think that missing that last pass or finish in Real's case damaged their morale as the game kept progressing. They did pretty well and always managed to circle Levante's box and there was a sense of danger, but they were just unable to harm the home side. Once Levante realized Real were a bit tired both in the pressing and in the midfield, their quick recoveries in the second half and quick breaks were able to put Real Madrid's defense to the test. The golazo scored by Morales was just the icing on the cake for them because Levante deserved a draw at the least last Saturday. I know you love Aitor, the Levante goalkeeper, and he made seven saves in this one, but was it a case of him being really good or of Real Madrid's finishing being really bad? Um, I think only one of those saves was really spectacular and the rest were just okay regular saves and quite easy for one of the best keepers in La Liga. Um, keeping a clean sheet against Real Madrid is always a reason to take pride, but I believe Zidane has more reasons to be angry at his own strikers and midfielders than for what the opposite keeper managed to do. Thanks Paco. So Real Madrid are now in second place ahead of next weekend's Classical. Barcelona lead the way on 55 points and Real Madrid are two behind on 53. But that's not all for Real Madrid as they also suffered bad news with Eden Hazard suffering a new ankle injury. He'll be out for the foreseeable future and that's another headache for Zinedine Zidane. Now we've got plenty more to cover in this matchday recap. We're going to take a short pause and we'll be back after this. Thank you. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome back to this La Liga Lowdown Match Day recap. We've already discussed the title race in part one. Now let's move on to some of the other interesting fixtures we had over the weekend, starting with the six-goal thriller we had to get things underway. On Friday night, Real Mallorca went to the Benito Villa Marine to take on Real Betis and they earned their second away point of the season by drawing 3-3. This was such a back-and-forth game. Cucho put Real Mallorca ahead. But then Real Betis equalised from the penalty spot via Sergio Canales. Then Ante Budimir put Real Mallorca back ahead. And Real Betis equalised again from the penalty spot, this time via Nabil Fakir. Next, into the second half, Joaquin put Real Betis 1-up. But then Takifuza Kubo hit back to earn a point for the Islanders. This was a great way to start the weekend. And it also ended in style too at the Wanda Metropolitano on Sunday night. Where a buoyant Atletico Madrid, still buzzing about their midweek Champions League victory over Liverpool, hosted Villarreal, whose starting 11 contained 11 Spanish players. That's impressive. That's rare. Diego Simeone was suspended for this match and he had to watch on from high up in the stands, but that didn't stop him from shouting and gesticulating like he normally does. He had a lot to shout about as this was a game with a lot of action. Ultimately, it fell in Simeone and Atletico Madrid's favour. Despite Paco Alcacer putting Villarreal in front, Atletico Madrid did fight back with goals from Angel Correa, Koke and Joao Felix, who marked his return from injury with a goal. Now, let's discuss one of the big relegation six-pointers next. We saw Espanyol go away to Real Valladolid this weekend, with Real Valladolid aware that another win could move them quite comfortably away from the drop zone. With David Lopez getting sent off really early into the match, they were handed an excellent opportunity and they made the most of it as Sandro and Sergi Guardiola scored in the second half before Adrian Barba netted a late consolation penalty 
for Espanol. Roman de Arger was all over this one, and Roman, I first want to ask about Espanol and just how they were completely dominated in this game. How much was that because of the red card? Well, it's no surprise that the red card was crucial and Espanol being defeated. It has to be said, Valladolid started off really well in this game. They were looking better than Espanol at the beginning when they were both um, on the field with 11 men. But uh, getting David Lopez sent off after just 25 minutes obviously had an even worse effect on the visiting team. And the problem is that Abelardo can't really perform the plan he had already talked with his players previously because it changes absolutely everything. So from there on, Espanol really had a hard time to find their rhythm and, a, and a when you're one man down, you tend to struggle way more. We did see the exception with uh, Celta against uh, Leganes, where they managed to pull off a very important win, but that's really hard to do, and Espanol weren't capable in this game of finding answers uh, and playing uh, after playing with most of the game down to 10 men. How much worse are Espanol when Raul de Thomas is unavailable, as he was for this one, due to injury? I mean, you just have to look back to Espanol before Raul de Tomas came in the winter market to the team, how they were struggling to get goals, how they were struggling to get wins. And since Abelardo came on, since Raul de Tomas came on to the team on board, uh, everything changed completely. And with him, Espanol is a much better side because he's a fantastic striker. He gets those goals uh, they need. Uh, they somehow pulled it off against Sevilla, getting that draw, 2-2 uh, draw without Raul de Tomas. But you could tell that sooner or later they're going to start feeling his absence and this was the game where they really needed him up front. I mean, as I mentioned this a few times, Caleri, Ferreira, uh, all these guys are decent strikers but they don't have that instinct that Raul de Tomas has and that Espanol really, really needs to save themselves from going down to Segunda. So Raul de Tomas is always a crucial player for Espanol. I'm curious about this, Roman. What is the feeling right now amongst Espanol fans about the way they approached their Europa League tie with Wolves based on the starting lineup from Thursday night when they lost 4 0 in England? It looked almost like Abelardo wanted the team to get eliminated. Many Espanol fans were very disappointed. It has to be said. I mean, uh, let's not forget that arriving to Europe was such a big boost of confidence for the team before the season started. Things were complicated for Espanol in La Liga, but in Europe they kind of found their little hub where they were getting good results, getting you know their high their hopes up quite a lot, and it was looking good for them. Of course, Wolves is a very hard and difficult tie. But I think Abelardo took the wrong approach here. He completely changed the team, put most of the subs. And not all, you don't only feel bad for the fans who actually traveled all the way to England, but also for those from home, which were really hopeful of seeing Espanol continue a good... Um, streak in Europe. Obviously I can understand that Abelardo has to prioritize. La Liga is definitely uh, what he has to look into and try and get them out from those bottom positions. But of course you lose 4-0 and that just kind of hits you really hard. It's a big shock of reality you know and uh, the players didn't come into this game with with any uh, good feeling from the previous match against uh, Wolves so that wasn't great and I think Abelardo should have at least tried to give more from that um, uh, knockout round. I think they should have tried at least to get a good result and not just throw in all your subs there. I think that was a wrong move by Abelardo. Finally, Roman, let's talk about Real Vitaly. They're quietly doing quite well this season, right? Yeah, they seem to be pulling it off. I mean, they're not too far from relegation zone, but they have a comfortable uh, margin of about seven points uh, this 
stage in the La Liga, which is pretty good. They've managed a lot of draws. They seem quite strong at home mostly. Also got six wins at this stage. And I mean, uh, they're getting the results they need. It's not great, but we did think, or at least I did think, that uh, Bayern would be struggling a bit more. They would be closer to those um, bottom positions in terms of, of point difference. But at the moment, you know, they're getting good results. They're recovering players such as Alcaraz, who has been really crucial once he's found his rhythm again. And also the guys out there, Unal is, is getting his goal. Sergi Guardiola is being important. And when the team feels united and, and gives these performances, then, of course, they're going to have a bigger opportunity of saving themselves. And if they keep on this track, I'm sure they won't have uh, much problem in staying another year in Primera División. Two of the other teams who had been in midweek Europa League action as well, they faced each other on Sunday as Hitafe hosted Sevilla. And it was quite a shock result. Hitafe had been in great form and Sevilla had been struggling over the previous month, but this finished in a 3-0 victory for Sevilla away at the Coliseum. This was their largest La Liga win under Julian Lopetegui, and I don't think anyone expected that. But that's football, eh? Let's now go on the trip to Vitoria, the city that is home to Alaves. That's where Alaves and Athletic Club played out a past derby on Sunday afternoon and there was late joy for the home side. La Liga Lowdown's Dan Parry was there and he sends in this match report from just after the full-time whistle. Dan here and it's full-time. The crowd is uh, emptying out of the Mendy Thorofa. Definitely not the game that Athletic wanted, but definitely vital three points for, for Alaves. Uh, not lucky, they played well and they ended up with a more than deserved victory. Uh, so let's run down the game for you. Athletic definitely took control at the beginning. Uh, wonderful finish, left foot finish from Raul Garcia, put them ahead in the 10th minute before Jedi fouled uh, Alex Bidal in the box to give, uh, to give Lucas Perez the chance to equalize from the penalty spot. Then. After that, pretty much it became a, a battle, like a really, really physical battle. No side really managed to create any significant or clear chances until the last minute when Atleti conceded a free kick and then they poorly defended, uh, they poorly defended that free kick, allowing Eli, the Alaves defender, to get in at the back post uh, and he caught Unai Simon unaware and Alaves go home with three points. Like I said, a very, very physical battle. Athletic, Athletic will be extremely disappointed not to pick up three points here. That's now 10 games in the league without a win for Athletic. They haven't won a game since December. And what I noticed is just how slow their attacking play is. There was a moment, I think in the 67th minute, where one of the coaches picked up the ball and threw it to, threw it to Munayin or someone for a, for a throw-in, like a quick throw-in. And there was just nothing, no movement. No players offering themselves, and in the end, Munayin gave the gave the ball to Kappa, and nothing came of it. And yeah, and the final thing, Alaves definitely deserved their three points today. Their front three were were great. Alex Pedro especially impressed me. Every time he got on the ball, he looked like he might create something, and him, Perez, and Joselu linked up really well and basically gave them the game. Let's stay in the north now to talk about our final two matches of the round, two 3-0 victories. The first of them was for Real Sofidad, who hosted Valencia on Saturday, winning 3-0 to cap off what has been a terrible week for Valencia. Now, I'm going to let Valencia off the hook for this one. They went into this match with two players suspended and a further seven out injured. 
So this was such a depleted team, and it showed, you could tell it on the first goal, as Mikel Marino was left completely unmarked by Diacabi and Mangala, Valencia's third and fourth choice centre-backs. Then came further goals either side of half-time as Nacho Monreal scored from a corner and as Adnan Janazai struck a beauty from distance. It was a deserved win for Real Sofidad, but let's not be too harsh on Valencia this week. They were missing nine players and it should also be remembered that they'd had six fewer days of rest than Real Sofidad ahead of this game due to their midweek trip to lose to Atalanta in the Champions League and due to the fact that Real Sofidad's La Liga game the previous weekend had been postponed. The final match we've not talked about yet was Osasuna versus Granada on Sunday lunchtime and this was a pretty shocking result as well. We all know that Osasuna are so tough at home and Granada had lost their previous eight La Liga away matches, failing to even score on the road since October. So what happened? Well, Granada went out and won 3-0 of course. Darwin Machis turned up and got two goals in the first half hour before Dimitri Filquier completed the day's scoring just before halftime. I've said it before but I'll say it again, football, eh? So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, I've been your host, Jim McTeer, and my thanks go out to all the contributors, to Javier Martin, to Sam Leverage, to Paco Pollitt, to Roman de Arcare, and to Dan Parry. Thanks, of course, to you as well for tuning in. Until next time. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.